Attention, please. Welcome to another episode of Yap Chicago. We appreciate you sitting back and listening to us wherever it is you listen to your podcast. You can follow the show on Twitter at Yap Chicago underscore or on Instagram at Yap Chicago. Also, you can call us and leave us a message 312 985 6006. As always, Tribe Coffee Co. brings you this podcast. Visit tribecoffeeco.com and the promo code Yap Chicago. That's promo code YAPSHY for 10% off of your order. My name is Edgar Perez, as always, alongside Lees and Mike Bowling. Boys, we're back after an all-star break. A really lackluster uh, all-star break, if we're being honest. The, the, the skills competitions didn't impress me. Uh, the game itself, it's like, why do I watch unless I'm really, really being a so. degen? No one really wants to cared. go to Cleveland. It's in Cleveland. No one cares. I've never heard of anyone taking a vacation to Cleveland. So. Ever. Shout out to Kim Noah, the GOAT. Yeah, I mean, if we're, gonna, trash. if we're going to talk about this farce of an all-star weekend, we might as well start off with that being the absolute worst dunk contest that's ever been rolled <laughs> out in NBA history. Almost to the point where, like, they should really consider – Never doing it again unless you put guys that can really dunk in there. That's just how I feel. I mean, we've seen a lot of antics and silly shit like Blake Griffin jumps over a Kia because their Kia sponsorship just started. Like, we've seen all the weird shit. But never in my life did I think that someone would be so hyped to do a regular-ass dunk in Tim's. That was when I turned it off. I had to just stop. I think you were going to go right for the Tim's, bro. Because nobody cares, bro. And, like, yeah. it I was just end, sad. I can see how that in your mind you would think, too. what, the Tim's? Yeah. Yeah, I, can, I can't even tell you which ones were actually memorable. I think just because that one had, like, a prop with it, I guess. And, like, yeah. I can see how, like, in your mind it would be like, oh, shit, the crowd's going to love when I whip out the Tim's. But it's like, nah, it didn't really work for anything really not the Tim's, no, not any other dunks the failed attempt after failed attempt it just it just like took the air out of everything and they're just like all just right think, this is someone make a fucking dunk please just think about it like this like we used to love watching the dunk contest as kids like you could rattle off 10 dunks that were like oh my god over the last 15 years and I can't remember one dunk from last weekend that made me feel like, <laughs> oh, wow, that was dope. Like, all right, Gerald Green blowing out the candle. That was super sick. Dwight Howard dunking on two rims. You know, like, there's so many of them. Like, there's so many great ones. And now, like, the players, you know, John Morant, they wanted John Morant in it. And he was literally just like, I'll do it if you give me a million dollars. And if you give me a million dollars or if you pay someone a million dollars, then the real dunkers will be involved. It's like that's the only way you can save it, because if we keep watching guys who are halfway dunkers that can do something, no one's gonna watch. You know, they even said it on the broadcast, like we should have just got this shit out of the way first. Like three point concept <laughs> is more exciting than this. So yeah, I mean, they gotta figure it out. 
Yeah, the only way that it comes back is if someone like Zion Williamson actually shows up to it. And it has to be the bigger names. But oh. Zion, Zion Williamson doesn't even fucking play anymore. So who who knows if that will ever happen. But yeah, it, like, imagine, imagine, a, imagine a Zion versus Ja dunk contest. That would be okay. worth it, right? Yeah. You need big names in there. I mean, for the longest time, it was like, will LeBron ever do the dunk contest? And it's like... Maybe LeBron in his prime would have been really sweet, but like now that ship has sailed, obviously. So there's a lot of guys with bounce. I mean, you know, we're going to talk about the Bulls in a second. They got probably four guys that could compete on the same yeah. team. You could probably have you an all Bulls dunk contest, and it'll be like and it would 10 be times way better later. than what we saw that day. 100%. I mean, like, you know, Javante Green got crazy bounce. Zach can still jump. We saw Derek you know, Jones like, Jr. out here in Chicago. You know, but exactly. Yeah, he won the one here in Chicago. Mm-hmm. So. I don't know. They just got to figure it out because um, that was disappointing. I mean, this three-point contest was exciting, obviously. Uh, the skills challenge was way too confusing to track. Um, <laughs> but the thing I liked most about the All-Star Weekend was the, the Rising Stars. I like that that like tournament-style setting where you have four teams, you play two games with a target score, so you don't have to worry about you know the clock or anything. Like That format was pretty dope, and it gives – a lot more of the younger players in the league a chance to kind of play in a bigger stage. So I thought they got that right, but, you know, that's Friday night, and that's kind of like a throwaway night <laughs> if you think about it. So yeah. you got this whole spectacle of All-Star Saturday night. Like, you might want to change those up, but I don't know. Should they, I, I was disappointed. I mean, if if they do get the contestants right, would it make more sense to move the dunk contest to Friday night? So it could be like a, the, its own event, Friday night dunk contest, and Saturday you'll have the rest of them. And then you mix in now that tournament style, uh, like Rising Stars Challenge for Saturday. Yeah, I would think that, that makes sense. Um, I think they're going to take a look at like everything because I think the reception on, on social media and just like overall. I mean, if the TNT broadcasters are saying it sucked. I was about to say that's that. When you know, that's when you know something's going to change. I was about to so say when the announcers are openly. When the announcers are openly trashing it as it's going on, as the event's happening, right. you know something's going to change there. I, I think something that would be able to be cool to switch it up and maybe not to completely replace the dunk contest, but I actually tagged you guys on a post when it came to Twitter, when it came to other athletes actually trying different dunks. I feel like that would be a cool little twist to it, kind of like dunking with the stars or something like that. Mm-hmm. Because the the cool thing about about that is that you know that they're trying their ass off because they're trying to impress other people. Like, not only can I play football, I can also dunk and do these cool tricks while I'm doing it. So I feel like that would be a cool little sprinkle to add on there. Or as a team, yeah, like, you know. just said, like, with the stars, like, it just made me think of, like, actual dancing with stars. Would they match up an actual dancer with a celebrity? Like, match up a celebrity with a dunker, and then maybe, you know, they could play off each other, they could help each other out, and then the combined score advances. I don't know. See, yeah, I mean, I think for the longest time we had, you know, they, they bring their teammate out of the crowd to throw a lob to him. Like, you could make it a spectacle. We've seen all that stuff. And it's just, you know, the last few years has been very bizarre, right? Like, last year we didn't have anything because – or we had it kind of abbreviated because of COVID. The year before we had the Dwayne Wade controversy. And it was already starting to say, like, you know, the, the is, are the stars going to do this? Are the best dunkers going to do this anymore? And then you have this thing. It's like something's got to change. I don't think they'll take it away because I think there's some things they can do to get 
some more excitement, but they're going to have to ensure, you know, incentivize it. Like John Morant said, like, if you're going to give me a million dollars, I'll go out there and do it. So that, that feels like the right way to start. And if the guys still don't want to do it, then, you know, get those, get the internet dunkers, you know, we've seen all kinds of crazy stuff on the internet. Like these guys that aren't playing in the league, like, why do we need, you know, have the current players judge, you know, random influencers who do dunks. Like that'd be more fun because they'd actually try hard. Man, let's reformat this dunk contest. You have Chicago sponsorship <laughs> on there. We won't really get done anything. Just put our name on it for no good reason, just because we gave these people their ideas. Yeah, on man. Our show. <laughs> let's get it. Let's get a little incentive, man. Just put us on the floor for la- for next year's dunk contest in, in Utah. I don't know why they keep going to these cold ass cities, but. <laughs> 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 All right, another spectacle that we got to talk about. Uh, stepping back from last week when we did our podcast, when we kept talking about the nine 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 challenge. Now that we got the name hey, right, yeah. since we started calling it nine by nine, uh, <laughs> it's we, had many names already. <laughs> right, we we kept texting throughout the weekend a bit because we were we were getting uh, recommendations from from some of our uh, our friends and people that we know. What, what's the best plan of attack that you guys heard from this weekend? Man, I actually got so many responses on Instagram of, you know, from like high school friends to college friends to coworkers and just like I didn't I only got I think it, let's say I got 10 responses about it. I think only two people said, "No, I would die." Like everyone obviously <laughs> thinks that they can do it, which is like the funniest shit. And, you know, some people were saying, "I'd get it done as long as I didn't have to eat the hot dog bun." Uh, if I didn't have to drink like heavy beers, nah, man. there's just a lot of, I just was really happy with how, the reception and how everyone talked about like wanting to try it. So what started as like a show production might be like, let's just get a 30, 30 seats in the bleachers and see who lasts the longest. <laughs> like, <see laughs> how they get the furthest. <laughs> An Ironman hot dog and beer challenge. Oh, jeez, So much. Power. You know, that'd be like the, that'd be like the mass the the biggest mass uh exodus of people going to the drunk tank at the same time <laughs> everyone just wasted we do got to make sure we put them all in yap chicago t-shirts though just so Hell yeah, you know, dude. Just, cause so we're yep. on the we're on tv every show everybody like getting pulled out of the bleachers and they know who sent them and you remember like how the uh, cup snakes actually got became a huge thing and they started like kicking people out for that shit and all all that imagine if the yap chicago started something like that with the nine 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 challenge with people getting shit faced, and and I'm, I'm fucking. Fuck do you think there there would be a fight that breaks out just because someone is ahead of you and actually winning? Uh, 100%. What? Yes. Who's gonna yeah. fight? Like you fucker! You ate too many hot dogs. Wow! You just nah, man. Or if security just so. security just puts an end to it. They're like, hey, you over there, you have too many hot dogs. You get the fuck out. And it's like, what, what are you talking about? I'm just trying to enjoy the game. But if everyone's wearing a yeah. Shirt. Yeah. If everyone's wearing a yap shirt, you just move around, baby. Move around. They'll they'll never know who it was. You'd have to just. (laughs) You would have to talk to someone on the way in and say, "Hey, we're here as a group. We could, we could lie and say we're here as like a, like a podcast group, and we're just gonna shoot content." But we'd have to tell like the bartender lady, like, "Hey, you're gonna need to pour a lot of beers, so hopefully that keg is full because we're gonna be drinking a lot." We definitely got to tip up front if we're gonna uh, plan that route. You know, first first round of beers is handed like a, a fifty dollar bill. They're like, look, we're just gonna keep coming back. <laughs> just hook us up. 
a pour them fast because I got to get back to my seat it and finish a, this fucking hot dog. Be sick to have like a fast lane, <laughs> right? <laughs> we can skip the line. Give us a bracelet. Hey, MLB might want to think about that. Also, some fast passes for the concession stand. Just saying, I'm just here for beer. I don't need to look up at the menu to see what kind of fucking hot dogs or pretzels you have. I'm, I just want a fucking beer. Give, give me a beer yeah, only. The line. biggest thing, the biggest thing I heard everyone say was that if they had like Amstelite or something like that, that they would be able to do it. And it's like, no, nah, that shit has to be the big ass cup that they pour in front of you. It has to be what they have Modelo at the fucking uh, Comiskey. What else do they have? Three one two, Bud Light, Bud Light, Bud Heavy. They got everything over at the cell, man. They got Lagunitas. They got yeah. all these kind of craft well, beers. I'm not drinking none of that shit. <laughs> give me, a, give me a, give me a Miller Light, and I'll be good to go. It's gonna have to start be off styles. with a summer shandy. Get a headache and shit. Yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah, man, I don't know. I, don't I was know. Really summer shandies. About... I could probably smack those too. <laughs> it's a nice hot day. Some summer shandies. Oh, it's good. It's good. It's light. I don't know if I can do nine, though. It's light. Nine and nine hot dogs? I don't know. I, I, I'm in the camp that says that I, I can't do it. Like, it's, it's it's tempting enough where I want to try it, but I just know, like, by, like, <laughs> six, I'm going to hit a wall and just be like, this is fucking terrible. I don't want to do this anymore. And then I want to force nine summer, three more hot dogs. If you did nine, if you did nine summer shandies, you would get diabetes, bro. They would have to fucking <laughs> cut your leg off. Be right there with the Zion and missing the foot. About, the funniest thing about all of it is just the reception that we got all separately. Like, I thought it was so funny that we just, like, shot the shit about it for 15 minutes on the show. And it became, like, a thing that I was getting messages about all weekend. Like, I can't w- I miss baseball. I can't wait to try this. I'm going to try this. I'll let you know. So if you're listening to this show and you do try it and you're not with us, please tag us and everything. We would love to see it. We are not paying for any hospital bills, no stomach pumping, nothing like that. So don't get any ideas, but we definitely will try this. And hopefully we could have a show and just like send out a date and be like, yo, buy a ticket in the bleachers and we'll give you a shirt if you come up to us and give this a shot. That'd be so fun, man. I, I, I really hope that baseball starts on time so we can actually do this. We'll find out Monday if they're going to cancel any games or not. That's a, that's a deadline to get this deal done. If not, they're going to start just chopping away at that schedule. Listen, I'm not a betting man at all. Wink, wink. This shit ain't starting on time. There's no way. <laughs> the things that I saw from passing today, just like they're far away on the money. They're meeting and people think that it's, you know, getting better because they're meeting, but they're not actually talking to each other no, for yeah. more than like 45 minutes at a time. So right. they're we're not starting each other no day longer. on March. March 31st will not be the first baseball game. It might be cheaper to go to an independent league game and do this. Man, like my my hold me over. I was t- texting Edgar today. I've been betting a lot of college baseball and kind of smacking. So yeah. if they don't want to get their shit together, and listen, I've heard. I was listening to the radio. Joe Ostrowski was saying, "Listen, this is becoming a thing. DraftKings is offering college baseball bets, and people are really using that market because they just are starved for baseball." I mean, like last week on Friday, I watched three college baseball games. Which, if you thought. MLB baseball games are long. Who, buddy, do not watch any college baseball. I watched the Louisville and shit. I can't even remember who they're playing. But that game was like four hours and 15 minutes. 
I was like, yo, this is ridiculous. <laughs> like, least, I don't know how you can stick around for that. At least you'll get an over-under of like 15 and a half. So you're going to see some runs getting put up on those on those, right. on those baseball games. But I'm, I'm with you, Bull. And I've been, I've been following a couple of baseball people. And uh, I, I couldn't watch some of the games. But it got to the point where I'm like, you know, trying to do laundry. But I'm watching just like the live updates on yep. the ESPN app because I have the – the under for like a fucking Michigan baseball game. And I'm just like, what the fuck? Come on, get him out already. It's, it's weird. It's it's, it's, yeah. It's funny how like gambling just plays so much into this, but uh, yeah, I mean, if there's no baseball as much as going to suck and I'm going to miss it and I want to go to baseball games, but people will find alternatives. So like we talked about last week, like MLB, you're doing yourself a disservice by turning away all these fans that just want to watch your fucking sport. So just, agree. and if they do, if they do this for the love of God for the the MLB TV, if they can stop with that dumb blackout shit, because that is the most annoying thing as well. Yep. BPN's yeah, the Cubs fun. are the Cubs are actually gonna try and offer their own like streaming service because they have the marquee network, and MLB is obviously big mad about it. So we'll see if that starts to happen around the country. But they have, so, I mean, Major League Baseball has so much wrong with them right now. And the fact that we're not going to start the season on time, just like you said, like people are going to find something else. It's not like the sports, you know, like if the NFL went on the lockout, people would be like really upset. Like there's a subsection of fans that are baseball people that are really upset. And then there's way more people that don't really give a fuck. So (laughs) if this really, if this really gets into late April, you know, May, June, you're going to lose a lot of baseball fans and we're going to be out here betting on darts and fucking Australian rugby, like anything you could get your hands on because the void is there's a couple months where the NBA season's getting ready to end before the playoffs. People are going to be betting on just about anything and you're going to turn around and all these fans are going to be cricket players because you didn't want to (laughs) fucking start your baseball season on time. It's ridiculous to me. Can we, can we back up darts? A good dart sequence can be fucking electric, though. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! You watch, sure. Do you watch darts ever? That shit is so lit. Watch some darts That's highlights. That's about it. Yeah, so lit. Yeah, I, I usually watch the highlights that pop up on my Twitter, but I know like uh, the Zone actually has fucking live darts going on and shit. Yep. I'm actually going to the World Series of Darts in New York City on June fourth, June fourth weekend, to cover some uh, some dart throwing. I'm really excited. World Series of Darts. Madison Square Garden, bro. Going to the Dang. garden to watch some darts. Is this like an actual like like World Series or like like where it's nations being represented or just yes. like, just teams? Oh yeah, dude. Oh fuck. I'll send you guys the link. It's gonna be so lit, bro. I'm, I'm so excited. Check this shit out. Who's the betting favorite? Man, I think it's Not probably gonna be Gerwin Price. Gerwin Price, his nickname is the Iceman. He's a legend, bro. I. Uh, I, we all saw our BR betting team rode with him once, and he won. And then we rode with him again, and he got upset by this rando, which kind of sucked. But he's like a shit talker. He's like way too buff to be a fucking dart thrower. <laughs> like he's humongous. And I, I just have been like fascinated with dart throwing and like as a like actual sport. It's so electric, bro. Like when you get a like when they call out the scores, the fucking announcers screaming. It's like a whole thing, man. If you have any free time and they don't start baseball on time, just go on Twitter and start watching darts. That shit's so cool. <laughs> was this June, you said? July? June 3rd. All right, so we there. Bet. So we there. Show, show trip. 999 nine, 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 nine challenge with, uh, with darts. 
That kind of works, right? We'll just time well, it out. Listen, I happen to know that the beers at Madison Square Garden are like sixteen bucks, so oh, we'll have to. God damn. We'll have to expense it. <laughs> Put it on the tribe yeah, coffee. Work trip. Work trip. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> work trip. We're good. We'll be good. But a big one tonight, boys. We gotta get into it. Bulls knocked off the the Hawks. They won by four. They covered. Was looking spooky there for a while. I have one big takeaway, and I'm curious to what you guys think. Demar obviously balled, came through in the clutch. I enjoyed watching Io Desumu absolutely lock up Trey Young. I, I used to I used to like Trey Young a little bit. I thought he was kind of like the little underdog story, smallest guy, leading scorer and assist guy at Oklahoma. Loved this story. He just begs for calls all game, and I don't think his brand of basketball is like even remotely fun. So I'm out on him, and the way Io put the clamps on him tonight was just a thing of beauty. You love to see it from your 22-year-old rookie who got passed up a zillion times and falls into the laps of the hometown team. You could just tell, like, he loves the assignment. He plays with that chip on his shoulder, and he loves to take on the best defense, you know, the best offensive player on the other side. And I think Trey Young was three or four from or four for 17 or something like that tonight. That's that's putting the clamps on one of the league's best. So I was really pleased with Io, and I'm curious to to tonight. Yeah, completely agree. But it, yeah, he was three for seventeen, zero for five. Surprisingly, because everyone thinks of Trey as like a huge three point guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I completely agree. It's the fact that he actually rises to the occasion when it comes to defending the best player. And I feel like these are the best situations where he actually defends like the other team's smaller point guards. That's when AO actually like shines, and. I maybe the rising stars thing gave him a little bit more confidence. He had an awesome sequence or hit a three, played awesome defense, hit another three, and st- small stuff like that is going to carry over to the playoffs. Um, especially since he had to take a little bit more of the offensive uh, load while Levine was gone, while everyone was you know out sick, there were so many people out. So hopefully he he actually grew from that point. Um, something that was weird to me, it's something small. But the fact that Levine said that he's not going to be 100 percent until the off season, when he said that over the All Star break weekend, kind of worried me. He was like, "I have to do certain type of rehab every like every few days. He has to take some shots just to make sure that his knee is is like at a good state to play." That scared the fuck out of me when he said that. Honestly, um, that was like my biggest takeaway for as a Bulls fan during the All Star weekend, and. It was it was an exciting game once again. Fucking the marvelous fucking cl- clutches <laughs> it out for us again. He's a monster, and I, I can just talk a little bit about the cortisone shot thing. I had a cortisone shot in my hand, and it really doesn't last very long. Like it's going to get him through the playoffs, I would think. I've not had it in my knee. I had it in my hand, and I'm 31 now. I have like random flashing shooting pains from it because like it just like that nerve pain doesn't go away so they drained fluid they gave him a cortisone shot he should be strong enough to like really get through it but i'm with you lees i think you know when looking at potential eight figure nine figure payday he's definitely looking towards like making sure he's healthy to cash in on that and a lot of people don't realize like he came in the league when he was 18 he's been in the league for eight years he's only 26 but he's like an old 26. So yeah, a lot of miles on we'll, those legs. 
a lot of miles on those legs. He played a lot of minutes for the Timberwolves when he was really young. So I'm concerned too. I hope that when we have back-to-backs, like we're going to make the playoffs. We're not going to be in the play-in. Um, I, I would be really cautious with his minutes if it feels like we need to like make a statement, if it's a division game, whatever, that's one thing. But if we're going on the road to play the Thunder, I don't even know what the second half of the schedule looks like. But back-to-backs, he should shut it down. We, we, we have bigger goals than when we started the season. So he's got to be smart. I think Billy Donovan understands that. I think our management understands it. Um, and, and Zach knows. like You're not going to get as much money if you hurt your knee at the end of this year and can't show out in your first playoff appearance. You know, So I think, he, I think everybody gets it. We just kind of cross our fingers and hope he's all right. Yeah, they, they repeated that over a couple times during the tonight's game where the Bulls have the second hardest remaining schedule of the entire NBA. Uh, the Milwaukee Bucks being number one in that. And like you said, Lee's the 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 big news with um with Levine out of the All Star break that most of it is is going to be pain management and making sure you know they control the swelling on it. They say he can't cause any structural damage to the knee with with that injury, but you know the body does tend to overcompensate when you're trying to protect a certain part of the body, and you don't know if that could possibly lead to something else. So the injury itself, I mean, I'd be worried about, but what it could possibly lead to, I mean. Bowling, like you said, you hope he's smart because you realize a big payday is coming up and the the Bulls got to be smart on how they handle his minutes. But I am looking forward to how this team kind of, uh, you know, kind of brings everything in and really dials into focus for this, this stretch run into the playoffs because the standings are, are still pretty close. You know, they could end up first after all this. They have a good second half or they could be fucking sixth or seventh. So it's not really... That locked in for the for the Bulls at this point. So I want to see how they come in and really dial in for the rest of the season with a tough schedule coming up. With this game tonight, I'm with you on the IO thing. I think that's the most standout thing that, that we can take from, the, from tonight's game because early in the season, you saw Kobe White have trouble guarding uh, Trey Young. And I think... In that game, when they finally put Ayo, I think that was probably the beginning of us realizing how good of a defender um, Ayo is and how he's capable of locking down these star players. So that's the obvious answer. Ayo had a great game. It was awesome. I was really watching to see how Tristan Thompson performed in this game. His first game as a bull made his debut, 11 points, six boards, I believe. And you could see the obvious spark, and it was just refreshing to see someone go up for rebounds at the offensive end because <laughs> how many times have i texted you lees of like oh for the love of god someone please jump up for the ball so many <laughs> times i'll board. be watching the game and like everyone's just watching the ball go up through the air it hits the rims and everyone just starts running backwards so i was like there's no one around the ball it's so fucking frustrating so I don't want to get too hyped over the Tristan Thompson thing, and I know I shouldn't because it's it's, it's exciting. And it gives a little bit of depth in the front court, but it's Tristan Thompson. Come on, that's the reason why he was out there. But it was just refreshing to see that other dynamic from the Bulls that we're not used to seeing. And hopefully that kind of motivates the rest of the team to kind of help him out crash. Well, you kind of did see it. Jermaine Screen always kind of does it. So, so that kind of always helps. There, You saw Derek Jones out there flying around. Also, kind of banged his wrist a little bit, so we want him to be careful. I know he's coming back with that finger, so Derek, just just 
chill out, man. But yeah, <laughs> I'm excited to see if, if that kind of energy feeds off for uh, for the rest of the for the rest of the team. You see the defense kind of feed off on another team when Alex Caruso or and um, Alonzo Ball are out there on the court. So I want to see the impact that the the that the other players get from playing with Tristan Thompson. I do have a quick question for Bowling. I believe this is the first game back from your no Kobe White slander. How did that go today? <laughs> I really had to keep my uh, my uh, thoughts to myself. Um, listen, man, I he cast for me, and I won't tweet anything bad, but he struggled tonight. Um, he was hacking on every other play. I think he had five fouls. Um, but this, it's an interesting conversation to have, you know, when you start to get guys back, Zach's back in the um, rotation. So obviously Kobe's losing his starting spot. He's losing his minutes. Um, that's the thing that I think is going to be something to watch down the stretch as people start to come back, you know. I think Io has played his way into the starting lineup. Um, when Lonzo comes back, obviously he moves in. But Io's someone that's going to be able to really take control of that second unit you don't have to use him necessarily as a point guard. If you have uh, Alex Caruso, he can take a lot of that as well. But guys like Kobe White, you know, these, these minutes are huge for him now because he's got to show that that, you know, stretch of seven, eight games where he played really well is something sustainable. Like we can't have Kobe White coming in with the second unit and just jacking up shots because, you know, that's the, the role that he has to play. And now he's not comfortable with that because he's used to starting and that's when he really got, you know, in the flow of the offense or whatever. Like we've all agreed, I think on many occasions, he's best when he can come in, provide a spark offensively, knock down open shots and not do too much. That's going to be what I'm watching for in him from him specifically, because as these people get back, you know, we, if we get Patrick Williams back, then Javante Green's losing minutes, you know, like there's a lot of trickle down effect that has to, shake out as we get towards the the playoff put I mean we're in the playoff push but down to the you know the the playoff season so we'll see man uh, I'm hoping Kobe can stay on the good on my good side because that means he's playing well and he's doing good things for the team but when you think about it the first person that is on that chopping block in terms of big minutes is going to be Kobe because Iowa stepped up in such a big way he can defend he knocks down shots he hardly plays out of control and that's like the antithesis of Kobe. Kobe is like playing 5,000 miles an hour, and sometimes he's on, and if he's not, he's kind of just running around like Tasmanian Devil. So <laughs> we'll see, man. I- I'm really hoping that it can we can figure it out with Kobe and, and Kobe can just like settle into the, to the backup role and playing really hard in that second unit. But he's going to be in big trouble because I think Billy really trusts Ayo. Yeah, and I think once Alonzo actually comes back, as well as Caruso full-time, it's going to be huge for Kobe to actually use those spurts that he's in there and be effective. Because if he starts being ineffective where, like you said, he plays like the the Tasmanian devil and he's just running at the rim like a fucking elementary (laughs) school kid going as fast as he can, that it's it's going to cut his minutes to the point where in the playoffs they're not even going to be able to play him. And that's going to be a problem because... Depth does help in the playoffs. I know usually you cut your rotation down, but those small little spurts are can swing a game. If you can come in here, score six points in six minutes, perfect, you know? Yep. Anything small like that. If if he struggles like today for shooting four for ten from the field to assist for, for a guy that handles the ball as much as he does, those numbers just aren't enough. 
No, and it's not going to be enough once you get into these playoff series where the game is more played in the half court and you're not going to get cheap fouls. You know, driving to the basket wild, you're not going to get anything. You just throw it up there and it's going to be a rebound and you're going to be going the other way. So I think he's got a lot of important games coming up just to get himself right and get an an identity in the second unit because – when he's going good, he's, you know, he's awesome, man. Like you can count on him to make shots. He's someone that you can, you know, count on to, to push the ball. And while he's not a great defender at all by any means, like he plays hard. So it's not like he's not going to be trying out there. Like you would hate to see a guy's minutes get cut because he's playing out of control or he's going cold. And, and in a sense, I kind of feel bad for the guy. He was like a starter and now he's off the bench and then the start, you know, it's a lot of back and forth and, He's best when he's confident, and if he's losing confidence because people are coming back and his minutes are cut down, that's only spells trouble for him. You know, he's got to be confident and and knocking down shots. Otherwise, his value is very low. That's when I think everyone coming back, in a way, can help him because, like you said, we do have a lot of ball handlers, and Ayo has proven that he could be he could join that group also. So you got Alonzo, you got Alex Caruso that could run in, and you got Ayo. That could be the primary primary ball handlers. That the ball will never really be in in Kobe's hands in in, in that aspect of the game. He could kind of focus, even if his minutes get cut, focus on just hitting, just oh, hit those open shots. Like down the stretch, right into the playoffs, everyone kind of finds their role. Kobe, we don't need you to be Superman anymore. We don't need you to come off the bench and score twenty and be cool. But at least when you're out there, just drain those open shots because fingers crossed, and we do get everyone back and. We don't really, hopefully, we don't have to worry too much about chemistry because we already saw that chemistry early on in the season. We know it's it's possible with the squad that down a stretch, when Kobe does get his minutes, he just provides those open shot looks that we need him to hit. Because like you said, well, when he's cold, he's ice cold, and he kind of gets in his head a little bit. So maybe that kind of played into a part because he's been taking over some of the point guard role with all the injuries happening and stuff. But once everyone's back, he can kind of focus on just one part of the game and just for the season alone, Kobe, all we ask of you is just hit those open shots. So he's got to do. And I think uh, another thing that I had a crisis moment, I was getting pizza last week and I was sitting waiting in the takeout spot. And I was like, damn, yo, like we might draw the, the Brooklyn Nets in the first round. <laughs> like how crazy is it that like the Nets are so far down now and they're not going to get, a lot of these guys back for maybe a couple weeks, like it would kind of suck to like play this whole season and then end up having to draw those three. But the difference, I was listening to, to them talk about it on inside the NBA. You know, the thing that the national media is looking at is how Harden's going to play with the Sixers tomorrow. He's going to make his debut when all the Brooklyn guys get there. How are they going to gel? Um, you know, they're talking about removing the mask and vaccine mandate in New York City so Kyrie might get to play all the games at home. Like, there's a lot of outstanding factors, and I think the idea, obviously, is win as much as you can and secure your seating. But in the Eastern Conference, I don't think it really matters that much. I think every series is going to be pretty damn close. I think all the teams are very competitive. It's really a bloodbath. Like, if we end up drawing the Raptors or the Cavs, like, I think we're going to have to play excellent basketball to get through any of those series. So that was my crisis. I'll sit and get pizza. And I'm like, damn, if we draw the nets in round one, that would be super lame. <laughs> but w- wouldn't you rather want to play them in the first round instead of allowing them to kind of gel together 
and play him later on. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I didn't think about it like that. Um, you know, I think they're going to have a. Ch- I think they're going to have issues. I think the Sixers are going to have issues as well. Uh, you know, Boston's playing better. The Cavs are a huge matchup problem for us uh, with their front line. Like, whatever it, it's going to take, perfect effort, obviously, because the playoffs are the playoffs. But it's just really like the other side of it is super exciting to just be talking about this in late February. Like, we would all be on Tankathon right now talking about <laughs> how can we get that first pick. But we're really just like sizing up playoff matchups. So it's exciting. And like those are the nerves that we've not had since 2011. You know, like I, I think about the playoffs now and I'm like nervous. Like, am I going to go to the bars to watch the game? Am I going to like get yes. really drunk in my house? Because like this is unfamiliar. I mean, it's been so fucking long since we've had meaningful playoff basketball here. So I'm excited. But I'll tell you what, I, I don't care what anybody says. Call me scared. I don't want to play the Nets, bro. Fuck that shit. <laughs> you know you're you're uh, you're really dialed in if you're waiting for a pizza, and you're just like, "Fuck, who are the Bulls going to play?" <laughs> when they're off on an All Star break, either, there bro. wasn't was even sober. you were sober. sober. The like, Bulls damn. weren't even in action. It was All Star weekend, and you're sitting there waiting for that pizza. You're like, "Fuck," but I the Nets are coming back. Chat, like, shit, you know, I just had a moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's really going to be a bloodbath. The Eastern Conference, like it's. it's there's no easy out in that playoff, in, the, in those playoff seasons. Not good. No, not at all. And that's that's the exciting thing um, for basketball fans in general. I think the West kind of see who's the be- the better teams on the, in the Western Conference. The Lakers might not make the playoffs, which is awesome. I hope that happens. Whoever has the Lakers miss the playoffs tickets are going nuts right now. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think this is just a really exciting time. And what makes me confident that we can win multiple series potentially in the playoffs is what we saw tonight from DeMar. You know, you're playing a game where you were kind of in control. You you give up a lead. Um, you know, they kind of take a lead late. And, you know, Stacey King said it on the broadcast. I think Chuck Swirsky talks about it when he's doing his radio thing. Like, DeMar's the king of the fourth. We've We've had opportunities to kind of pack up and fold like we had in the past. And it's like, all right, get on my shoulders. I'm going to hit a 15, 15 foot jumper. Like I always do. Like I was watching and like, how do you not double him? They, they sent the double late on that shot to put him up. They send the double late that like that shots automatic. Those are layups for him. <laughs> He's 35 points in seven, eight straight games on 50% shooting. He shot 71% from the field tonight. Just so like, good. it's just unbelievable. He's just a master at his craft and it was really cool. My my thing that I loved the most was from All Star Weekend was interviews that Zach was doing and Demar was doing. Like you see how much respect the rest of the league has for both of them, and Demar is really getting his flowers this year. I think a lot of times when you think about his career, he was awesome in Toronto, never got over the hump. Leaves Toronto, they win an NBA Finals. He goes to San Antonio, smaller market, kind of you know people wrote him off and. He's playing with this chip on his shoulder like, no, I still got it. He's really showing it, you know. Like this stretch he's on is really unbelievable. I think it's like only eight people ever to have eight straight games of 35 or more. Like that's crazy, man. And he's long in the tooth in the back part of his career and and just putting this whole franchise on on his back. It's just been remarkable, honestly. And, yeah, the cool thing about All-Star Weekend as well was that little clip that NBA showed where Luca asked him, do you ever miss from mid-range? He was like, have you, he was like, have you ever missed in your life? 
And Damar's like, I'm like nine out of ten. Nine out of ten. <laughs> the best was I saw a tweet that from some like Dallas reporter. And he was like, Yeah, bro, the Mavs are cooked if that's how he's recruiting. There's no way <laughs> I would stop at Luca from being like, shit, I'll just join you guys. Like, what the fuck am I doing trying to get you over here to Dallas? Shit, I'll take Luca any day of the week, man. <laughs> that guy's awesome. I but yeah, too, I mean go ahead. I was going to say, let's be real. It's cold as fuck over here. He's in Texas. He doesn't have to pay fucking state income tax. He ain't leaving that. Mark Mark Cuban is his guy, dude. Right. He's yeah. got a good guy in his corner. You know he's paying him in, in like, cryptocurrency. Let's be real. Yeah. Luca's rich forever. Um, But, no, yeah. I, I've It's been really amazing to watch DeMar do what he does. And, you know, the way he talks about how he prepares and the camaraderie that he has with the team, like, I know we've signed a bunch of people, and this roster is completely different than it was last year. He's the reason why we are where we are. I mean, oh, Zach, Levine, Zach Levine missed a few games. We've had people with COVID, all this stuff. And every night you can just count on DeMar to give you at least 25. He's doing a lot with you know getting boards and, and dropping dimes. And he's had one of the best years of his career, so – I'm confident to say him and John Lester are the two best free agent signings in Chicago sports history. Because when you pull a team out of the dirt like he did with us, like we were excited, right? Like this is new. We got a new roster. Like I wasn't expecting number one in the East on February 24th. I was just trying to get in the fucking play in, you know? So we have some exciting basketball to, to watch. This guy's got us right in the middle of a really bona fide Eastern Conference playoff race. Yeah, I think we were so arguing you, about like being like the fourth or fifth seed when we first yep. did our first show, post everything. I was going to say something that actually happened over the weekend. It just reminded me when you said Chicago basketball, the Juwan Howard thing. I just have to bring <laughs> it up for short. Yeah. Like, you know, he's a Chicago guy. I just want to say, is it is it weird or does it feel like it's kind of when you read everything that that people are saying online, it kind of feels like somewhat classist when it comes to people's reactions, like people that come from higher class, uh, you know, neighborhoods or families or anything. They're typically the ones that are like, by God, like their monocle falls out their fucking eye and shit. <laughs> and they're like, he should be fired. He should only be fired. He should be arrested for assault and shit like that. And for me, it's like, that man put his hand on his fucking elbow. If someone came up to me like that and did the same thing, I would pull my arm back too. Mm-hmm. It, everything escalated from there, but it did start with him doing the condescending, let me put my fucking hand on your elbow. Like, hey, let me tell you, yeah. I, I'm coming up here to like basically not talk shit, but like, what did you guys fucking think about that? Yeah, I... I have a lot of thoughts here. Um, obviously, you guys know I'm a Michigan fan. I love Juwan Howard. I think he's one of the better coaches in college basketball. Um, first things first, he definitely let that Chicago come out of him. Um, he lost <laughs> it for a second. Mm-hmm. But you make a good point, Lees. I mean, in in most situations, someone puts their hands on you. Who knows how you're going to react? Um, you're a coach in the Big Ten. You're supposed to be a role model. You know, you always want to err on the side of let's just take a step back and not do anything crazy. But that guy really cares, and he really wants to win, and he thought he was being disrespected. And Greg Gard, you know, 
whatever, you know, for whatever reason decided he wanted to put his hands on him. So I don't blame him for reacting. Obviously, taking a swipe at the guy, and everybody calls it a punch. He didn't punch him. If he would have punched him, that guy would have been knocked the fuck out, and we know (laughs) that. So, you know, he muffed him, and he probably shouldn't have done that. But I I got really upset just being on Twitter afterwards because I don't know about you guys, but, like, I fucking hate Wisconsin everything. (laughs) Wisconsin basketball and football is just, like, I sit on this fucking mighty cloud of – we don't do anything wrong. We play shit by the book and we're humble and sportsmanship. Like, fuck off. Like, they're the worst. So for everyone to come out and, you know, I was looking at Twitter and people were like, they should put him in jail. He should go to jail for assault. Man, I, it made me angry because it's like if the players fight, it's one thing. You get suspensions. You shouldn't have players fighting on the court. You shouldn't have, you know, coaches taking swipes at each other. But these are grown men. And if you're going to, touch someone in an inappropriate way, condescending. Yeah. You deserve to have a little scuffle ensue. And you know, if you'd have punched him out, yeah, fire him, do whatever you got to do. He slapped him over the head with an open palm, man. Like he didn't kill the guy. You, we People get slapped at the bar all the time, man. I don't want to hear this shit. It's just because it was on CBS that everybody lost their minds. So he got a suspension, five games. He'll be back. Hopefully they make the tournament for my sake, but you know, learning, exper- <laughs> learning, ex- learning experience for him. You know, I'm sure that'll never happen again. But people just take shit way too far. It's just like too dramatic. I-, I just hate that people made it such a big deal, and people interject like they're you know police. Like whatever, man. He took a swipe at a guy. The guy's breathing. He's laying at home with his kids. I would feel worse if I was the assistant because his kid got to watch that for the rest of his life. His <laughs> dad getting mushed on on CBS national television. So. I don't know. What'd you think about it, Edgar? I, 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 I did find it really wild about people reacting that way of, of saying that he should be fired. He should, that's assault, get arrest that man. It's like, those are the type of people that have never had like real struggle in their lives because I'm not arresting anybody if, well, if, all right, from Juwan Howard's standpoint, I told that man not to touch me, right? Pointed at him, said, don't touch me. Don't touch me. What do you do? Proceed to touch me. If I tell someone not to touch me and they grab me, not let alone touch me, they, they grab my elbow, they shake my hand, they grab my elbow, they're telling me, come here, they're pulling me towards that person. I don't care what you're trying to explain to me, bro. Like, I'm so heated that I told you not to touch me. I'm going to fucking push you away or like just straight up punch you in the face. And like you said, he's lucky you didn't actually punch him. He came close. If you watch those replays, you can see his fist ball up a little bit, and he realizes he lets it go. He just opened it up. He just like, like, slapped oh, it. fuck. <laughs> and uh, like you said, that guy, that assistant must be pretty embarrassed because I, I don't know if uh, I'd rather be punched than get muffed. Like, that shit's mad disrespectful. <laughs> Honestly, if I it get looks, punched, and, if, if I get punched, at least, like, I'm like, all right, so we're fighting now. So I'm not, you know, <laughs> let's go. We're going to start throwing some hands. If someone muffs me and I don't get a chance to retaliate, you know how embarrassing that fuck that look is? When they when they put the when they showed it in slow motion, like it looks like an open palm slap, which yeah. is like really even worse. So that's I what I'm saying. That. If I get punched and like someone holds me back and pulls me away, it's like, okay, we don't know. He might have defended himself. It's fine. You know, like eh, <laughs> we should give him a shot. But like if you get muffed like that and you don't even get a chance to defend yourself or 
retaliate or swipe his hand away. Oh, man, it's bad. It's bad. He hit him with the Stockton slit. He hit him with the fucking ideas. Which is damn near more embarrassing than getting knocked out. Cold. That's what I'm saying. Look, look at that. Look, that's a perfect example. Like brought up, please. Getting slapped in the middle of an MMA fight. How disrespectful is it. that shit? But Can't no, I, <laughs> I do think though the the punishment fit the crime. Like he shouldn't have been fired. I don't believe the people that's like, oh, don't suspend him. He's just trying to defend his honor. He's a man, and it's like, no. At the end of the day, you're still a professional. You're still a coach at a major university. You were gonna get suspended. You weren't gonna lose your job. And I think absolutely. I thought they were going to go as far as like going through the Big Ten tournament. That that was just my 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 thinking based on like today's 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 world and how we think and everyone's soft mm-hmm. and like can't bear to see another man get slapped in the face. So I thought it was going to go as far as through the Big Ten tournament, and then he'd be back for the for the tournament. But um, no, I think I think it's it's fair. Everybody should move the fuck on. Like it's not it's not going to happen again. He's going to. I was listening to Black and Abdallah on the way home one night, and they had so many callers, like just so offended about Jawan Howard's actions, and yeah, I couldn't believe it. I was like, "Yeah, you said you, it. You, you said hear it a right. bunch of people arguing the opposite of how soft everyone is." Yeah, I, and all I of agree. a sudden you think you would think Jawan Howard killed a man, and it's just like, "What are you guys talking about?" He fucking pushed his face away. Like <laughs> he didn't even punch yeah. him. It wasn't even a clean yeah. shot. You you make a good point about people not having gone through tough situations because it's people that have if, that, if that's if that's a tough situation then I don't know I've seen too much in my life then <laughs> I guarantee you that the same motherfuckers that are saying that he should get arrested that he should get fired are the people that are like I don't watch them being now because it's soft guarantee <laughs> you those are the same exact people that are complaining one way about this. And then they're actually turning their cheek the other way, and they're like, oh, they're too soft when it comes to the NBA, which is just bullshit. But um, honestly, I, I could give two fucks about Michigan or Wisconsin. I'm neither. I have Alliance 10 either. Same. I, for, for me, it was just a how, like, how is this even? I, I understand it's a big deal. It's not as big of a fucking deal as people are making it out to see. He's, he's like you said, Bowling, he's a competitive guy. That's the reason that he's a coach. That's the reason yep. he was in the NBA for so long. Him being pissed. You can see it in his face when he walks up to him, and you're going to just go up to him and kind of pile on a bit just by grabbing his arm. Let's be like, if someone, we keep bringing it up in a bar, which is a bad way to think about it and shows that we're fucking luscious. But <laughs> if, if, if someone's at a bar and comes up to you and you're like, hey, I'm good, like stay away from me, and they continuously yeah. like stay around you and try to touch you, that's when fights happen, right? Yep. So why the fuck are we shocked that it happens in this environment? It's just the fact that people that are talking shit about it are the type of people that don't see the people they're against that are like CEOs of companies and shit like that. You can't fucking punch your your like the person that the person that that's at like Chase can't punch the person that's at Citibank and shit. So like that's <laughs> that's the only thing. But if they could, it'd be fucking raw, G. <laughs> it would be cracking. <laughs> The other the other thing, and I'll just make this quick. I, I saw Tom Izzo talking about there was discussion like should they eliminate the handshake line, and he was like, "That is the softest thing I've ever heard." And I agree, like don't eliminate the handshake line because this happened. But also, it's like, what are we teaching sportsmanship? Because you got to shake hands with someone you went to war with for forty minutes. Like, 
who cares, bro? Like, I loved it when COVID was like, all right, everybody just waved from the other side of the court. Like, these guys don't have to shake hands. Who gives a shit? Like, I don't want to shake hands with people to show sportsmanship. What? Who cares? Like, to me, it doesn't matter. I don't think it, I don't think it matters either. I, I do uh, uh, agree with him on, on some parts that he said, like when he brought up examples of, like, you're, you're trying to teach kids to, like, put up with shit that they don't want to because that's part of fucking life. Like, those are life mm-hmm. lessons. It's not just basketball lessons or school lessons. Like, it's a part of life. You're going to be doing shit at some point in your life that you're not too much of a fan of, but guess what? You got to suck up and do it because you either signed up for it and it wasn't what you expected, but tough shit, you got to go through it. Yep. Or whatever. But in talking about the handshake line specifically, yeah, I I, I I was having mixed feelings, like I said, because at first I was relating it to everything else he said. And I was like, yeah, these kids mm-hmm. should learn how to shake someone's head, and even if they just fucking, you know, kick their ass and cover the spread <laughs> by 25. And it's just like, nah. But when I really think about it, it's like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't need that. Like, and if, as a competitor, I don't really feel like shaking your hand right now. Like, that doesn't mean I don't respect you. It doesn't mean I'm not taking my loss like a fucking competitor, like a real man or whatever. Like, no, it's just heat of the moment. I just got, we just got our faces kicked in. I don't, I don't, I don't feel like shaking your hand, man. Like, I'll, I'll yeah. dap you up after we get dressed by the buses or some shit. But, like, I'm not going to, don't give me the four sportsmanship stuff. Like, I, that's I don't, why I don't I really, need that aspect of the game. Yeah, and that's why I really like how hockey does it. Like, these guys don't shake hands at all during the regular season. You play someone in a seven-game series, you lose the series, you do the long handshake line. That's cool. But I don't want to shake your hand after every game. I used to hate that in high school. <laughs> like, what are we doing here? Like, I don't care. Like, me just tapping you on the shoulder to say good game. Like, half the time, nobody's even saying shit. They're just, like, walking through it. So, like, what's the point, really? Like, after a championship series, fine. Playoff series, cool. But, like, we got to do this every game just because they did that shit for 200 years? Let's get rid of that. <laughs> yeah, it's going to suck when uh, Michigan's in uh, IT. And they have to do the handshake line. <laughs> I just wow. had to. I had to. I had to throw that shot out there. Wow, that cuts deep. We might be in the NIT, so wouldn't be a podcast. If we're in the NIT, maybe we can make it to the second weekend. This team may make it to the second weekend. <laughs> wouldn't be a podcast without at least throwing some shots at at Bullard's <laughs> uh, affiliation with certain teams. <laughs> yeah, it feels right. It feels right. It feels like we're actually back. We're in a good flow again. <laughs> You know who else is in a good flow after his 12-day cleanse? Aaron Rodgers. Oh, God. Who had an, a, a post of appreciation after a, what was it, a pacha, pachamata, pacha, some sort of 12-day cleanse where he does stuff. Hoochie mama, hoochie mama, hoochie mama. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, it led to this long post of gratitude, so he called it. And, uh, of course, the internet and sports being sports and reporters being reporters. Just blew it up and went fucking crazy and would look for every type of cryptic message they could find. And it turns out he was just in a good mood. It turns out he was just high as shit and was like up at 11 p.m. one night and was like, you know what, man? I'm just going to fucking type this out. And I know people are going to go fucking crazy. And it's just funny. I think he's, he's just the trolling. the weirdest man. He's the weirdest man in the world, dude. I just, I don't even care anymore, bro. I just want him gone. <laughs> I don't even care if he plays anymore. If he ends up in the AFC, that'd be sweet. I'm throwing a party regardless. I would like to put him on the next Bezos rocket ship and just send him up (laughs) to the fucking moon and just leave him there. Because he would literally find any way to make someone annoyed 
on Mars. Like whatever exists up there, he's just going to piss them off because he's pissed off everyone else in his life. Like I'm just done with it. Like I'm just want to be done. It's so close. I think it's funny how people get so wrapped up in Aaron Rodgers uh like saga and and whatever and whatever he says and whatever or doesn't say in this case. Um I don't know, it's just funny to me and I think Aaron knows it. He knows that it just causes hysteria no matter what he says. And I think he he did it. I, I don't think this was disingenuous, the, the post of grads that he said. I think he legit feels thankful for everybody in the post that he mentions, the front office people, his coaches, his his teammates. But I do think a part of him was just like, people are going to go fucking apeshit about this. And it's going to be kind of funny. But at a certain point, that's not his fault, right? No, at least he's that's so serving as fuck. I don't think, I mean, so just because people are going to overreact to everything he says, should he just not say what he wants? Like, we keep praising athletes nowadays for being more open about how they feel or about what they go through, about all that stuff. But now, because of what he went through earlier in the year with all the with him lying about being immunized or whatever, now that leaves a bad taste in people's mouth. And now he can't, now we're not going to let him say anything ever because it's annoying. I, I don't think that it's the fact. And I that think Bowling can't answer this because he obviously has extreme bias. And uh, I yeah. mean, I don't. I agree with you at some point. I agree with you in that aspect. Like, get the fuck out of here, Rogers. But I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just bringing up both sides of the conversation. That's fair. Here, like I like I to do. It. I, I think that if he was manipulating the system and he knows that that everyone was going to leech on everything that he was going to post, there's a reason that he posted the photos that he did. He posted the photo of Adams and Cobb without him being there, even though every other national anthem, they are standing right next to each other. I thought it was a a touching moment. He thought he he felt good. He felt good that his brothers were still thinking about him during the game, and he thanked them and wanted to post a picture about him. So when you do throwback Thursday or whatever the fuck it is. No one does throwback Thursday. But but whatever. I'm fucking old, man. That I don't know. Maybe that shit was from like fucking four five years ago. Remember Follow Fridays when uh, when Facebook when uh, Twitter was first coming on. Everybody was doing Follow Fridays, tagging everybody they followed. Anyways, go ahead, continue. (laughs) But um, it goes to show you my Twitter age. Go for it. (laughs) That like, wouldn't you post a photo of you and your boys? You wouldn't post a photo of just your boys. You get me? Yeah. So for me, he was doing it. For a reason, he did it the night before he went on to the Pat McAfee show. He knows exactly what he's doing, man. That's why it's so annoying. It's I think like, I, oh, way. I, I think it's a troll Fuck. job. I think it's obviously it's obviously a troll job, but I think it's it's it comes from a sincere place. But he he kind of chuckles because he knows it's gonna annoy everybody else, and he kind of is like, why not feed into it just a little bit? It's, so then it's not sincere. I feel it. No, it is. Because the, the overall message is fine, but he knows that everyone's just going to eat it up. So he's just like, let me just fuck with him for a little bit. I still feel all this. Yeah, like the, I feel I still what? feel all these truths about what I'm saying about my teammates or everybody else that I've worked with. But at the same time, he's like, eh. I, I just go know he's just somewhere in the mountains eating shrooms and drinking some chai tea or some bullshit. And bad? just like giggling, just like giggling, sending these things yeah. and knowing that when he posts it, I'm going to tweet about it because I just want to see him on a rocket ship out of here. <laughs> I'm just so done, man. Like, he's he defi- drives me nuts. He's definitely one of those beer snobs that does not allow you to enjoy the fucking light beer that you just want to drink. 
on a Friday. Yeah, I yeah. think those he people say, might be wow, more. Wow, you're gonna have to drink six of those. It's not happy oh, enough today. I think those people might be more annoying than than Aaron Rodgers. I'm just hot take, hot take of the day. Those beer snobs can fucking kick rocks. It's like, look, man, don't get me wrong. I, I went through my fucking IPA phase too, and it, it was delicious. All right, I had some good beers, but as you got older, you realize I don't want to sit here and drink two beers and fucking at the end of them to kind of taste like grass a little bit because there's just so much goddamn hops in it. Let me enjoy this fucking Coors Light, some Rocky Mountain Blues. And fucking move on with my day. Why? Because I could start at 11 in the morning, drink fucking <laughs> 18 of these, and still be Preach. fine at fucking night when we go out. It's all right. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to drink. I'm more annoyed by those heads. people than Aaron Rodgers at the moment. I, I don't want to drink two gumball heads and lose all control of my life. <laughs> let, me, let, me drink my, let me drink my 12 Coors Lights over the course of six hours. And I'll be good, man. I don't need any fancy beer. I don't want to pay extra. I don't want to have a 16% beer. It tastes like fire. I'm good. Just give me the Blue Mountains and we're straight. Sponsor us, Coors Light, if you're listening. <laughs> that, let's hope he goes to fucking Denver and gets buried by the Chiefs and the fucking Chargers for the for the rest of his lifetime. Who gives a fuck? He's not going yeah, to. Yeah, I'm, I'm done. I'm good. I hope he retires and starts a like a plant growing business or some shit. <laughs> He's gonna go off the radar. That'd be great. He's gonna go like he's gonna be like Andrew Luck. Just fucking no. Andrew Luck came back for what was that? The that was the uh, national championship. Oh yeah, he did the national championship, and I'm like, this guy looks sick. Like he looks very (laughs) unhealthy. He was like skinny and just that. Like he looked like he'd been on a cocaine binge for like three years. (laughs) And he might be. I don't know anything about Andrew Luck, but Aaron Rodgers. If you ever hear this. This podcast, I hope you retire, and I hope you just go away and build plants or grow plants. What I say, build plants. <laughs> <laughs> go grow some plants. I don't know what he does. He probably eats. I don't know. I'm done. I'm done talking about Aaron Rodgers because I'm going to be up all night angry. I don't know. I just, I just think um, I'm not annoyed as it by uh, I'm Aaron really Rodgers. Mad that you're not. It's actually making me so I'm mad. Not. I'm, I'm really not. I just like I said. I, I, I don't like that. Uh, See, it's difficult because I I just know that your side comes from just Packers hate, which is understandable. Yep. But I don't know. You maybe. can't tell me you think he's like a, a decent guy. No, I think he's a, a jerk and he's annoyed and he kind of likes the, the attention a little bit. But I think he's a bit of a troll and he enjoys trolling a bit. And like we all know people like that. But at the same time, it's like I don't think I, I think we're just looking too far into what he does or what he says. Because even when, even going back to all this, to, to with the immunization stuff, yes, it was shitty that he kind of like lied to. No, he didn't kind of lie. He lied. Okay, let me rephrase that. <laughs> that he lied to the press or I don't, who knows if the Packers were in on it in terms of what they reported to the NFL. Whatever it is, they try to skate around officially saying if he was vaccinated or not. And yes, he did try to get away with, you know, walking around the facilities like he was a vaccinated player. And taking advantage of stuff. But other than that, I mean, it's most of the stuff he talked about or defended or when he brought up those topics, they're mainly about how he's handling himself, not what you should do or what should other people be doing. He never stood out against vaccinations. He's like, yeah, if you want him, go ahead. His boy, like you said, Pat McAfee, fully vaccinated. Everyone's like, everyone has their own choices. All of, all of he was saying, just it just rubbed people the wrong way of how he handled it. And deservedly so. He shouldn't have done that, right? He deserved all the heat that came with it. 
I just don't believe in just smashing them for that one, not one thing, but that one scenario that, that, that happened. And then having everything he does from that point forward being like, Oh fuck Aaron Rodgers, this guy fucking go away, bro. And it's like, I don't know for me. It's like, mm, I don't get too wrapped up in the, in everything else. Now that Aaron Rodgers does. I don't know. Sorry to kill your hate, Joy. I mean, it might have been, I might be killing it. You're still probably like, no, you're like, yeah, yeah, I get you, but fuck that guy. Yeah. And a part, and a part, and a part, yeah. And a part of me agrees. You're sure. I, I, I agree with you. Cause <laughs> fuck the package, fuck Aaron Rodgers for fucking destroying the, the happy parts of my childhood on those Sundays when I thought the Bears had a chance and they didn't. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I found it funny the, the hysteria that people went into when they saw that post and was like, oh my God, is he going to announce retirement at Pat McAfee? And it's like, if he does, okay, good. I'm happy that he's gone. If he doesn't, like, all right, sure. Like, I didn't really think that was going to happen because of this Instagram post. Yeah, I think it was overly mis- er, overly scrutinized, but I just hope he's done. And that, that's all I'll say. I think he's just, just, just going to go wherever Devontae goes. Given that if, if, yeah. if, if the place where he goes needs a quarterback, I think he's there. Like, he'll go back to I the mean, Packers they, if they tag they'd him. Get, they'd get, I think they'd get... Derek Carr out of the paint in uh, Oakland if they wanted to go team up in Oakland. I think they could team up in Denver. Um, Devontae's going to get a huge bag. Um, I, also, another one that I thought of was uh, San Francisco. That that uh, that offense isn't that different, but Tom Brady might not have really actually retired, and that's the only place I could think of him wanting to go, and he's from there, and that was their favorite team, his favorite team. So be on the lookout for that. I'm not scooping anything because I've listened to insiders talk about it. They seem to think that that's possible that Tom Brady could end up in San Fran. The Tom Brady is is interesting because of how much of a good year he had. To all of a sudden just want to walk away from it, it's like I don't I don't I don't understand that one. It doesn't make mm-hmm. sense to me. If he was declining, then maybe, but for me, it doesn't make sense. Like Tom Brady always wanted to kind of. I don't think he wants to see the Peyton Manning year where Peyton Manning was throwing fucking ducks. Yeah. They didn't win the championship that year uh, on his last year. But I don't think Tom Brady wants to have that as the ending image that people have of him. Yeah, he probably so the, la- the last pass that he threw was a fucking bomb that, fucking, that Mike Evans beat Jalen Ramsey on. So wouldn't that be like the best way to, besides a championship, of course, wouldn't that, wouldn't that be like the best way to walk out? Just like the quote unquote best corner in the league. I burnt his ass on the last fucking play of my, my career. Yeah. He's a legend, man. I, I think, I think he's uh he can do what he wants to be interesting. I was kind of surprised too. You know, I felt like he wanted to play a few more years. Everyone talks about Bruce Arians being someone that kind of rubs people the wrong way after a while. And I feel like, He's the the greatest ever. So if he starts to feel like it's annoying, he can just say "fuck it, I'm done," then come back like nothing. He's gonna play himself in a movie, apparently. So like, it's not like we're hearing weird new things about a guy like Tom Brady. If he wants to come back, he'll play. I think that San Francisco is one of those places that would be special to him, and they're already good. You know, they're a solid quarterback away from making it back to the Super Bowl. I would say. Any whiskey picks for uh, for the weekend? Decent UFC this weekend. Isn't I it, uh, at it. Is it Bobby Green? Bobby Is Green, uh, Islam Makachev. That's a hot one. I think Bobby Green's really good, and I think he's pretty scary rising up the rank. So I haven't made any official picks because I don't know the rest of the card, but I'm going to bet on him because I just think he's a crazy guy. He reminds me of like what I think. like He is what 
I thought Tech Nine was when we first learned about <laughs> Tech Nine. Like Tech Nine was just like this gritty, kind of crazy sounding guy. Like that's what I thought he would be. And like as a fighter, I just like I love Bobby Green's vibe. You just want to like rip people's heads off all the time. Plus six hundred for Bobby Green if you want to go with him on the money line. Let's go. That's good value. Makachev is a, mo- a monster, though. He's a monster. I mean, like, that, it would be a huge upset. But that, to me, is just like, let me get that plus 600 and let's see some fireworks. How much is it for Makachev by... Uh, by knockout? No, by sub. Minus 110. Yeah. For submission? Minus 110, Makachev by submission. Damn. <laughs> That's crazy. I, I was going to pick that if it was plus money, plus money, but I'm not going to fucking pay the juice for that. Yeah, no, I think maybe the under two and a half rounds, minus two, minus 125. If you think Bobby Green, if you think Bobby Green is, is going to win, then yeah, you got all it's the, gonna be you, a can, you can pick whatever you want, but like, right. If you're, if you're on the Magachev side, you're not going to lay minus 900 to, to go Magachev on the money line. So you got to find different routes. Like we said, the submission, it's minus 110. It's about as even as you're going to get on this fight. Uh, knockouts plus 250, but even the, the rounds, you know, under, like I said, under one tw- under two and a half rounds, minus 125, and over is at minus 105. So. My whiskey pick for this week is going to be over three and a half uh, college baseball games of teams that I'm never going to watch again, but I'm just going <laughs> to bet because it's like the only thing that's on. Uh I'm gonna let you know the hey, we'll the put- yes for the over is probably like a minus one thousand. So <laughs> <laughs> sounds like you'll be betting some college baseball this weekend. Yeah, let's talk after the podcast. We could put you on to some of the some of the accounts that have been just on fucking fire lately with the with the with the baseball picks. Definitely something to look out for. Yeah, because we gotta get this bread. We gotta build our bankroll, dude. We're gonna be betting on playoff games this year. Gotta gotta come correct. That'll do it for this episode of Yap Chicago. You can follow me on Instagram at Twitter at EP773 underscore. You can follow Lee's at Lee's922 for Twitter and Alicia Corral on Instagram. And you can follow Mike Bowling at at Mike Alex Bowling on all platforms. And don't forget to visit tribecoffeeco.com and use promo code YAPSHY for 10% off of your order. For Lee's, for Bowling, I'm Edgar. This is Yap Chicago. Arrest Jawan Howard. Fuck Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> 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 <laughs>